Hello everyone and welcome to the Knit Chat. My name is Claudia. I'm coming to you from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And this is the third episode of the Knit Chat. You can absolutely be watching or listening to this without having heard any of what came before. These are all episodes that are unique and just stand on their own. And today I have a very particular subject I want to be talking about. So take your knitting, your crocheting, your spinning, maybe even just take your headphones and go on a walk and we'll be talking about this one thing that will make you a better crafter. I'm going to talk about knitting mostly. I'm going to, let's say, revert to knitting because it's my main craft. But obviously, I could be talking about crochet. I could be talking about probably needlepoint and other crafts that I know nothing about. <laughs> so please, if what I'm talking about doesn't uh, apply to your particular crafting area, disregard it. But I do believe that it works for most. Um, I'm coming from a place of being an instructor in many ways. I've been an instructor of um, swing dancing. I've been an instructor for baby wearing. I've been, I've loved to teach basically my whole life. And so I've learned things about how people get better. And uh, oftentimes, we stop at practice makes perfect, which I don't really absolutely love as a saying because practice makes better. Um, practice makes you get more used to what you're doing, which if you're doing basically something that technically is let's say, I, I'm going to use the word wrong, even though I don't like the use, to use the, the word wrong. But if you're doing something that's not ideal, let's call it that way. If you're doing something that's not ideal and you keep on practicing it and you repeat and you repeat it and you repeat it, the only thing you're repeating is the non-ideal motions, right? And so practicing doesn't necessarily mean getting... Um, practicing doesn't <laughs> let's start again practice makes perfect is the saying so practicing doesn't necessarily make per does not make perfect that's a weird sentence yeah I guess that's how you would say that it doesn't necessarily bring you to perfection let's say and so uh what I'd rather say is um you have to be practicing your craft or doing your craft in a conscious way. And so I'm going to talk today about awareness and consciousness, but in a very precise way. And I'm going to talk about reading your knitting. To me, it all comes back to, are you able to read your knitting? This is ultimately the one thing that will make you better. Whether you're a beginner, beginner, whether you're an intermediate, whether you consider yourself to be an advanced knitter or crafter, being able to read what you're doing is the thing that is going to let you or allow you to push further. Let's say we were reading a book, right? You're reading a book, you're putting down your little, you know, page um, marker. No. It's not a page marker. We use stitch markers, but 
those a bookmark. Thank you very much, Claudia. I'm talking to myself sometimes, right? I, I, I have to think and dig deep inside my brain, my English side of my brain to go find the right word. And then I thank myself for finding it. Um, you read your book, you put a bookmark when you're done a certain page and then you go move on to do something else. You come back. Let's say your bookmark is gone. Are you going to go back to the beginning of your book and start reading it all over again because you don't know where you were in your book? No, because you know how to read. So you're going to kind of skim the area where you thought you were and then you're going to kind of, you know, say, oh, yeah, I read that already. I recognize this maybe on that. And then I don't recognize that. So I was approximately here. You might even start again at a chapter because it's easier to know Um to pinpoint like the beginning of a chapter instead of just in the middle of one. I want you to do the same thing with your knitting. If I knit something, I step away from it, I come back, I can pick up where I left off almost 100% of the time. If I'm knitting something super complex, maybe I'll have to look at the pattern. But in order to know where I am in the pattern, I need to be able to know where I am on my knitting, on my needles, what's going on, right? It is so important to be able to read your knitting because you will recognize not only where you are, but where you messed up. And where you messed up is where you're going to need to fix. And where you're going to fix, instead of having to undo everything, you can fix by looking at what the issue is and being able to analyze and figure out, can I fix this mistake without ripping everything or can I not because sometimes you can't reading your knitting is as important as knitting itself it makes you understand where the stitches come from where they're going how are they creating this fabric that we love so much so much of my knitting time is spent looking at what I've created right? I, we, I love, and I hope you love it too, I love stopping in the middle of a row or at the end of a row and look at what I've created up till now. It's not a finished project yet, but I still stop and look and appreciate the fabric I'm creating and what it looks like and what it feels like. And then by looking at it, I can also right away kind of analyze, do I like the fabric? Do I like the texture? Do I like the colors? What is this thing that I'm seeing there? Is that a mistake? Yes, it is. But what is it? Is it a pearl stitch inside a row of knit stitches? Did I drop a stitch and there's a loop there that's about to unravel all the way down? Did I forget to put a yarn over in my work? Obviously, it's easy for me to say, look at it, it analyze, and you'll see what's happening because I've been knitting for a long time and I've been also analyzing my work for a very long time. But if you don't start, you'll never know, right? So I would very much urge you to go get a simple piece of knitting that you've done recently, something that was really simple, and look at it, stretch it out, try and find the things that you did in that piece. Did you do some decreases? Where are they? Can you find them and can you see what 
happens on the actual fabric when you do, do a knit two together versus an SSK. When you can find those things, then you can count your rows, you can count your stitches, you can see where you can adapt patterns. Um, I'm saying it all in very broad terms because obviously um, it, it, you're going to need a visual probably to get to understand what's in front of your eyes. Sometimes it means sitting down with someone else and asking them about, hey, listen, I, I've, I'm knitting this thing and I don't know how many rows I have. And so that person can help you count your rows. It can be searching for YouTube tutorials. There's a lot of information online that will tell you, here's how you count your rows. And then, or here's how you can tell if, you, if you've done a decreased row right like the row you were before on, was it a decreased row or was it a knit without decreased row? Because when you know how to tell which one you did prior, then you don't have to put a little check mark on your pattern every time you do a row. You can just look underneath your needles and say, oh, the, the row I just finished was a row of decrease. Now I have to do a row of plain knitting and then I have to do another row of decrease and then when it comes time to try and count how many rows of decrease you did for that I don't know the toes of your socks you can locate them with your own eyes and go one two three four five six okay I still have two to go and it creates so much less um I would say less stop and go where you have to like put down your knitting, take your pen, write down what you were doing. Um, anyway, in my own opinion, obviously, this is me telling you that you can um, steer away from taking a lot, a lot, a lot of notes. I'm not saying you shouldn't take notes because a lot of people need their notes and it's fine. I should probably <laughs> take more notes. I never take notes. And then I think I'm going to remember the next time what I did, let's say, on the first sock. And then I don't remember what I did on the first sock. And I should have probably taken notes, but because I know that I know how to read my knitting, I don't really care because I go back to the sock and then I take that sock and I count. I count my stitches, I count my rows, I count my decreases, I look and I analyze the first one in order to make the second one exactly the same. Not saying that um, me not taking notes uh, is smart. It's not. <laughs> but it puts me in a position because I know how to read my knitting that I never get completely lost. I'm never completely confused uh, in where I am in my pattern or what I did wrong. Most likely when I do something wrong, I notice it probably a little bit faster and I can fix it. Or if I don't notice it fast and then I get to a point and I count my stitches and I'm way off and I don't understand why, then I can go back to the pattern, read the pattern again, look at my knitting and go, oh, this is what I didn't do or this is what I did instead of what's written down there because I can read it, because I can see it with my eyes. And um, literally stitches are no different than reading letters. They are strands that loop around each other, just like little letters that string together when you're writing in cursive, and they're just passing through each other in a certain way. 
And if you take the time to analyze the path of the yarn, I guarantee you, you will understand why you do the things you do a lot more. Going back to basics is always, always a good idea in any area of your life, right? We go back to basics when you're, we're feeling overwhelmed. We go back to basics when we don't understand what's going on. We go back to basics all the time. And knitting is a form of, you know, meditation for some. It's a way to like channel some energy into something. And, and creating those loops is sometimes something that's very complex. If you're knitting a Shetland lace shawl, and it's your first project, good luck trying to read that pattern or read that knitting. But if you're knitting stockinet stitch or garter stitch and you're making some increases and decreases and you're playing with those simple shapes, you can absolutely take the time to look, oh, look, this is what this many rows look like. If you're making uh, 10 rows in garter stitch, then take the time to look at how many ridges and valleys that that creates. Where are my ridges? Where are my valleys? Which ones are my knit stitches and my purl stitches? Because technically they're all knit or purl stitches because one side of a knit stitch, when you flip it around, is the purl side, side of that knit stitch. So it's, it's a knit on the front, but it's a purl on the back. And so there's so many things that can be... Um, understood and fixed when we know how to read our knitting. I don't know if I'm rambling about this. Maybe it's a little bit too long and you're like, Chloe, I understand what you're saying. I get it. I just don't know where to start. Start simple. Start simple. Where is your knit stitch? Where is your yarn going? Where is it coming from? And where is it ending? And how, if I cut this yarn, where was it, where is it going to go? Where is it going to unravel? Last weekend, I taught at an event that's called Knit City. And I think I want to spend a little time uh, on another episode to talk about uh, knitting events, like yarn events. What, what do we do there? How, how to prepare? What to expect, etc. If so, that's something that interests you, um, please don't hesitate to tell me that it is a subject that you'd like. But I was knitting, uh, knitting, I was teaching a knitting class at Knit City and I was teaching uh, how to cut a steak. And a steak, if you don't know what it is, is a way to cut open a piece of knitted fabric. So you knit it around, you knit a tube, and then you cut it open. And it scares a lot of people. It scares a lot of people because they've spent so much time working on knitting something, right? They've, they've knit, 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 knit. And then you say, cut it which is like the one thing you never thought you would want to do in your knitting because, oh my God, am I going to ruin what I just made? At the same time, it's a very big learning experience to just cut into your knitting. Obviously, when you do a steak on a project that is meant to be cut, you are taking precautions in order for it to not unravel because your goal is not for it to unravel. Your goal is for it to stay put so you can wear the garment or whatever it is that you made. But if you're making a little swatch, you're making a little tube 
you use yarn that you have in your stuff that you might not care for so much and you knit something small and you know you're going to cut into it. You know it might go wrong because if you try and cut into it without securing anything or even if you secure it but you're not sure you're doing it properly, you're going to cut into that knowing that it might go wrong and, and you will learn something from it. So when you cut into knitting at first, it, it's a learning experience. Take the time to do the mistakes or the cutting or the whatever in order to learn how things behave. So that's another fun thing that you can explore when we're talking about reading your knitting is to make mistakes and see what happens when you make those mistakes on a small item, on a small swatch. That's not going to serve you much afterwards. Drop a stitch. See where it goes. If you made a mistake, take the time before unraveling things. Take the time to look at it. Take the time to see what this mistake created. Because it's, it's a... It's a butterfly effect sometimes. Like in a lace pattern, you miss one yarn over and then all of a sudden your entire pattern is askew and it's not lining up and something looks really wrong. Just because of that tiny little one yarn over, everything afterwards is going to look funky above it. Can you fix it? Maybe. Are you going to just put an afterthought lifeline under your mistake and unravel till then, probably. But before you do, look at it. Analyze it. See what it is that happened and what it created. Take a good look at it so you can understand for next time what what's what. Because <laughs> when I miss a yarn over, I can recuperate it on the next row. Right? If I'm knitting and I see that, oops, there's a yarn over missing, I can go pick up the bar just underneath and lift it up because I know that a yarn over is basically just a strand going from one stitch to the next on my needle. It's that strand is being looped over my needle. So it's creating a new stitch. So that strand that's between two stitches is still there on the next row it's just not on my needle so I can just pick it up what's going to happen then that hole for the yarn over is going to be a little smaller sure is it going to really make a big difference at the end of the line not really so am I going to undo a whole row just for a missed yarn over absolutely not because I know that the effect is not big because I've done it before I've made that mistake I've seen it I've fixed it I've analyzed it some people ask me as as a teacher at what point do you like undo because it's going to create too much of a difference to just try and fix and I really have no answer for you that is um a one size fit all answer because for me I might be okay if one of my yarn overs is a little bit smaller than all the other yarn overs on my work but it might might bother you so really it's about uh, how tolerant are you to fixing a mistake 
when it looks a little bit different versus no, it needs to absolutely be pristine and not have any visible difference in between all the stitches of my pattern. Um, and you can only know if you've made the mistake and if you've seen it, look at it and understand it. Right now I'm, I'm knitting on a sweater that I started just before Knit City because um, I like to knit and walk. I need, I like to be, um, I have to have a basically stocking it in the round project for a yarn event because I want to keep knitting at a yarn event and I want to talk to people at the same time. And in order to talk to the people at the same time as knitting, I have to have something very simple on my needles. So it can be um, stocking it in the round or it can be ribbing in the round or it can be uh, garter stitch or even stockinette back and forth. But in the round, is just a little bit easier to keep the flow. So I casted on a beautiful uh, DRK Everyday Sweater. It is a pattern by Andrea Maori. And it is a very simple top-down yoke sweater, all-in-one yarn, no special um, you know, motif or anything. But I'm using the most special yarn i'm using my hand spun yarn it's a hand spun yarn i made from three different braids of fiber that i spun i spun very thin in on three different bobbins and i plied the three together and those three have different colors in it so it's a very beautiful marled fabric and uh i think the beauty of knitting with hand spun yarn is to stop whenever I would stop and look at my knitting, even though I'm only doing stockinette stitch, I could appreciate and see the beauty of every single stitch in this uh, sweater, knowing I spun it from scratch, knowing all the stitches are not exactly perfect because my wool is not exactly the same thickness throughout. And all together, it creates such a beautiful, color-changing, marled, amazing project. Like, it's just, it baffles me still to this day after mm, almost 15, 13 years of knitting that I can create this fabric. I can look at it and touch it and say, I made that with wool and two sticks. Isn't it amazing? So do you do you read your knitting? Like, do you spend the time to stop and read your knitting? And do you understand what you're making? Because to me, it's um, it's what really brings you to that next level, like I said. And it is something that I hope that you take the time to do. And if you have questions about it, please don't hesitate. Um, you can always write to me at... Uh, in the comments on the YouTube video if you're watching on YouTube but you can also contact me at clotrico at gmail.com which is c-l-o-t-r-i-c-o-t-s at gmail.com you can also write to me on my Instagram which is clotrico as well um, I would love it if you come and subscribe to my channel on YouTube I am Knits in English and clotrico in French and I will keep posting a little podcast like this one uh, every week or so. Thank you for listening to the Nick Chat. I hope to see you again very soon. And in the meantime, happy knitting. 
We'll see you next time. Bye.